Hello, hello, or welcome back to Leading Women in Tech. How the heck are you doing? I cannot believe it's the end of August. Like, I just genuinely am like, where has this year gone? It's also been a very busy year, so it's been very full, and like last year feels like a a decade ago. <laughs> but I'm also like, how is it already about to be September? If you're listening to this on the day the episode drops, it is the last day of August. Otherwise, we're already into September, and I'm like, okay. I have a lot to do by the end of the year, and I hope you're feeling the same way. I always get energized by September. I always feel like it's the month to like get excited about what is possible. It's almost like a, a new year. I think that's because of schooling. Like um, in the UK, the well, certainly in England, uh, where I was educated, even though I live in Scotland and I was born in Scotland, I was I went to school in England. Spent most of my childhood in England. The school year starts in September. In, in Scotland, it starts in August. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I feel like that's like stayed with me. I started university in September. Every single year of my university education was even my PhD, which is just like rolling on and on. You'd, you had to like, I don't know, you got like a, an end of year review, which was always approved in September. So it was like, okay, you're allowed to continue with your studies, right? And I think that's just like stayed with me <laughs> um, throughout my career. So like, yeah, September feels like a bit of a new year. It's not January. Actually, I get more excited about September than I do January. All that said, I hope you have some exciting goals for September. If you do, I would love for you to share them with me. You can drop me an email, support at tonycollis.com. But you know what? go and pop them on my timeline on LinkedIn. Go and um, pop them in the Facebook group at Leading Women in Tech Facebook group. Actually, there's a Leading Women in Tech LinkedIn group. It's just not as active. <laughs> if you love LinkedIn more, which I do, don't tell Facebook about. But if you love LinkedIn more, go and join the Leading Women in Tech group on LinkedIn. Let's make that a bigger group. I've never really pushed that very much, but I love LinkedIn more. I just have to say that. <laughs> Not that we're allowed to have favorites when it comes to social media companies, especially, you know, LinkedIn's owned by Microsoft, right? I might have just made that up. I didn't actually check that. I'm pretty sure it's owned by Microsoft. Apologies if I got that wrong. But anyway, go and tell me, <laughs> wherever you want to find me, what are your goals for September? Um, but before I spend half an hour telling you about my goals for September, I actually have a really exciting guest for you this week. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about parenting and being a leader. And it's an interesting theme to be having. And I uh, just realizing the impact our personal life has on our business and our business has on our personal life. Our professional setting is not in isolation. And I don't think that's talked about enough in leadership coaching. Every single leadership and success coach I know knows that this is the deal. And actually the work that we do deals with this. We coach the whole human and yet I don't hear this talked about publicly enough. So you know what? I'm breaking down the barriers because <laughs> that's what we do around here in Leading Women in Tech. We're about changing the world. And part of that is acknowledging how things are different. So I am delighted to welcome onto the show Evelina Stableska. Might have mangled that a little bit. <laughs> Evelina and I it just came across each other. I'm a big networker, as you know. If you're not networking, network, my love. Um, we came across each other on LinkedIn. We had a coffee chat because that's what I do. If I ever reach out to you for a coffee chat, say yes, because great things happen from coffee chats, my love. And that's how networking happens. But yeah, we had a coffee chat and I just was blown away by the way this lady was talking. She talks about a lot of the things I talk about, but she has a unique set of perspectives. So I had to get her on to talk about confidence 
leadership, the kind of work that we need to be doing to deal with our imposterism, dealing with our unconscious, and how all this is interacting between our personal and professional lives. So let me just tell you a little bit about Evelina. Her goal is to work with high-achieving professionals to reclaim their stories. And by that, she I mean, she's going to dig into this a little bit today, but she's really talking about stories from the point of view of the things we tell ourselves that means that we can't have this, we can't have that. Her goal is to help you create careers and lives that align with who you are and your vision. Oh my goodness me, what is better than that? <laughs> Um, she has great area of expertise in deep transformational work on the subconscious level. She practices hypnosis. She's all about eliminating uh, damaging beliefs in ourselves, the patterns and the habits that stop you stepping up for that next level. And yes, we're going to be talking about self-sabotage, imposter syndrome, low confidence, and the stress and anxiety, overwhelm, and burnout that comes from all of that. This is her jam. Hey, it's my jam too. You might have noticed that before if you've been around here for a while. I have just one more thing before we dive in to this episode, something I am super excited about. With September just around the corner, if you're listening to this the day the podcast episode drops, it's tomorrow. Um, I am so excited that uh, September is here that I am doing a 30-day leadership visibility challenge. What is that? I hear you ask. Over the next 30 days, each day, I am going to be releasing a mini training that is going to up-level your leadership, remove your blocks, make a bigger impact, and get you more visible as a leader. So if you're feeling stuck, feeling that you don't have enough control in your leadership, that your leadership career is not on the right path... And you, or you want to be understanding what's holding you up or holding you back professionally and you want to do something about that, then I want you to join me in this leadership challenge. It's completely free, but you do need to sign up to get these delivered in your inbox. It's like little mini video trainings. I was brainstorming all the things I wanted to share with you and I have like literally hundreds and I've got to pare it down to 30. So each and every day there will be a hot tip and I'm going to open a private Slack community for it. So you can be asking questions in there about the trainings as well. Um, this is for women just like you who are ready to really up level. So if that sounds good to you, make sure you head on over right now to tonycollis.com forward slash challenge and get yourself signed up. If it sounds fabulous, get your friends signed up too. I think the more the merrier in this one. I think the more conversations we have in that Slack community, the more we're all going to elevate each other. So come along come along with all your questions, come along with all your challenges, and let's make September the month where you really turn around your leadership in tech, because I know you're extraordinary. Um, The rest of the world needs to see that. Sound good? TonyCollis.com forward slash challenge. So without further ado, let's get her on to the show. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Welcome, Evelina. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. 
Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that you invited me. I am excited to dive straight on in. But before we do that, can you tell us a little bit about your personal career story, particularly how you came to be so um, passionate about helping highly ambitious women in their confidence? That is a great question. Um, so I came in the UK uh, 16 years ago. And oh, wow. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has been a while. <laughs> and that's really where my journey uh, has started. Uh, my personal development, my personal growth as I uh, changed jobs, I grew and I had those ceilings and I evolved and changed. And as with everyone, I'm pretty sure uh, a lot has happened in my life, personal life that affected my professional life. Uh, and that were the points where I evolved the most. And that's what I did a lot of soul searching. What is that I actually want to do with my life? And I've always been very passionate about helping women from very early age. It was something I was always drawn to as I was seeing how my mom left, how my grandpa, uh, grandmother left and uh, all my friends' mothers. I've always been very passionate. Why do we have to struggle as women? Why do we have to sacrifice ourselves for the greater good where we can have all of it? Why can we not have all of it? I was, I was a very um, thoughtful teenager. <laughs> there was a lot of thinking going on in my head. And I've always been part, you know, very, conscious about how we left us women to, to help them to find the voice to reclaim the stories we don't mm. live the stories of our mothers and grandmother grandmothers uh, so we don't live the stories of the how the society tell us that we have to be um so it really comes down to the personal power mm. and confidence that we have as women because I think a lot of us gives away the personal power to the point that we don't even realize that we are doing this because this is something that we seen everyone else doing it. Yeah. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping women to reclaim that personal power, to reclaim that inner confidence so that they can really create, design the life, the career that they want deeply, that is deeply aligned with them and not what wherefore the society tells us that it needs to be like. Yeah. And I just you you hit so many key points there. Like that you said right at the top of, of the show, like the personal and professional stuff. Like the fact that your personal life does impact your professional life. And I think we don't talk about that enough. And I know we're gonna dig into that today. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a leadership coach, I'm an executive coach, I work with women professionally. But I've learned, I don't talk about this very much, but I coach the whole human because actually everything about your life impacts your work life and everything about your work life impacts your personal life, right? Absolutely. I don't actually think there are those clear barriers, although somebody might be seeking out a coach for their professional mm -hmm. life or a life coach for their personal life. It's all like one thing. And actually most of us who are coaches knows that there are no red lines like where we stop working. There are mental health lines where we have to refer to therapists and psychologists, yes. But um, even that, like there, there are some blurred lines there. And I think that was a really important point that you 
put in there. And I really get into that a bit more. And the other thing is, you mentioned, why can we not have it all? Um, It's funny you say that because literally yesterday I was talking to my coach and she said, Tony, there are some limiting beliefs going on inside your head right now. It seems that you think you can't have it all. (laughs) And I was like, really? (laughs) I thought I dealt with all this stuff. You know, I've been coached for years. I still have a coach though, because I don't think you can coach yourself. And I don't think we're ever done on this stuff. And I think there is so much baggage from everything that's happened to us up until this point in our lives. And it's such a huge formative part of that baggage or as somebody I spoke to recently said it's luggage because it's actually a good thing right yes yeah so much of that is from our relationships with other women in our life and the formative relationships are with our mothers our sisters our grandmothers our best friends when we're younger that was when we are most malleable in terms of our brains and therefore that's had a massive impact on us and uh, most of us have forgotten like what that means, whether there was good or bad things in our childhood, mm-hmm. it had a massive impact on us. And I, so I love that you recognize that there's this focus to be had here. And that's one of the reasons you're passionate about working with women. I just had to pop in there and say that. But let's get back to you. What are some of the unique challenges you see us as women facing? I know we've dabbled there already, but let's get specific. Before I answer that question, if I can go back to what you said, that your coach said, oh, maybe you've got some limiting beliefs there. They, those are blind spots that we all have. Mm-hmm. So we may experience various struggles. Maybe we feel like we sabotage ourselves, we procrastinate, uh, we can't seem to get that promotion or get past that ceiling. There is a blind spot that we have, and it's called for a reason blind spot because we are not aware of it. And we need the coach, the therapist, someone to help us to identify it so we can move past it. Mm. Yeah. And that's really important to recognize that sometimes we think that, well, there's nothing really wrong with me, yet I can't really get that straight and I can't really fix that. There is a blind spot that we don't see. Absolutely. A hundred percent with you there. As I said, it's why I still have a coach. Even though I am a coach, I I think you need these people in your life to point out to you the things that you're not prepared to see for yourself. And sometimes it's not even that you're not prepared to see it. It's you have no idea what's going on there. And that's where the limiting belief things really, really come in. And it applies to every aspect of our lives as well. For those of you listening who are like, well, I don't have any limiting beliefs around my career. I can guarantee you do. (laughs) Um, You probably have limiting beliefs across every aspect of your life. And obviously, this is a career and leadership podcast. Absolutely in your career. I have not met anyone, male or female, who doesn't have a limiting belief. Multiple, actually. They often go many layers deep. And that's just the first one that we notice around what our options are, around our possibilities, around where we can go next, what we should do next, all sorts of things. So I promise you, you have limiting beliefs, but that knowledge is power. Just for the listeners who are like, what? What are they on about here? It's a thing. (laughs) Absolutely, it is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, let's talk about some of the unique challenges that women face or women in the workplace face. I think the unique challenges that we face as women there's quite a few. And again, it goes back to all the experiences that we've gathered along the way from our formative years and our early uh, working years. Um, sometimes we may enter the working life 
being fully enthusiastic about what we can achieve and how we can change the working place. We've got all sorts of various ideas and then we are faced with the reality. And then the reality really hits us hard because there's plenty of places where we cannot change the company culture and we feel very disillusioned. Why can we not do it? Then that feeds into those limiting, damaging beliefs that we have that we not always realize that we have. And then that just builds and builds and builds in our body and mind. And we're not always fully aware of that is what's happening here. Mm. However, that will have symptoms. And sometimes that may uh, show up as a bit of a pain somewhere in your body. Sometimes that may show up as a procrastination or not feeling good enough. Like you need all those certificates to push past that barrier that you keep facing. But all of those are just a coping mechanism to your presenting problem. It's a complex issue because obviously we are all very different and we've all experienced different things in our early childhood with other women as we you know, watch our mothers and grandmothers mothers growing up, watching other women in a working environment, how they handle themselves, especially in a male-dominated industry that it is really hard because as women... I see that quite often we think we have to man up and we lose that femininity, we lose that uh, feminine energy in order to fit in and we are losing ourselves in all this, not fully understanding that's what we are doing. Mm. And, you know, that will affect every aspect of your life because if your professional life is not going well, there's various uh, battles and struggles and uh, things that these hurdles that you constantly have to go over, it will affect how you show up in your uh, romantic relationships with your children because something that's very little and unrelated may trigger you because it will trigger the same emotion. Yes. And then you don't understand. Then you feel then you feel guilty and you beat yourself up for... Um, losing your temper, maybe, you know, going hard on your partner or shouting on your kids. And then you feel guilty. It's like, how, why, why did I do it? They haven't done anything yet. They trigger that emotion that you experience at work. So it's, it's mm. quite complex. And obviously there's a lot more digging in that we would have to do here to fully explain it. But. We do not live in isolation. So whatever is happening in our professional life will affect our relationships, our social life, and vice versa. Mm. It's, that, it's fascinating you say that because actually the episode of the podcast that went out two weeks ago um, was with Robin McMahon, who's a parenting coach. And I brought her on because, again, I you know I've been talking a lot about how your job is just one facet of your life and to do your job well, which I'm here for. Like I am 100% here to help women in tech thrive. I hope listeners, you know that by now. <laughs> that is my that is my jam. But I know that for us to do that, there are all these other aspects. And um, Robin said on the podcast, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. there. And I think it's spot on and, and that applies beyond just your children. That was a very specific thing around being a parent and a, an executive. But 
yeah, you're also only as happy as your least happy relationship. Mm-hmm. If you're having if you're having a bad time with your partner, it does go into your work. How many of us have experienced a colleague who's going through a divorce? Mm-hmm. Right? That is tough. How many of us have experienced a colleague who's um struggling to get pregnant? Again, it it shows up at work. A lot of the time it's not talked about at work, but it does show up. One of the things I'm enjoying, enjoying is maybe the wrong word, but I've seen being talked about more in the media, certainly in Europe, is women in the menopause. If you're struggling with the menopause, it impacts your work, right? Absolutely. And what we aren't talking about enough is that your work also impacts the other way. If you're having a tough time at work, it impacts your relationships. It impacts the relationship with your kids, with your partner. Actually, I know that having a tough time at work massively impacts my period pain. <laughs> TMI maybe, but hey, we're here for this on uh, on this podcast. Um, and I don't, I don't think we talk about that enough. So I, I love that you've linked that all together and, and how all that stuff impacts our imposterism, procrastination, as you put it, the needing for all those qualifications. I love how you link all that up. It's beautiful. It is very important to understand this because we are human beings. You know, we do feel things. We've got emotions and we make decisions based on our emotions. We may think we are very logical and I do my thinking and I'm very critical. Yes. However, when we make decisions, the way we show up is all very emotional based. So if you said, you know, it affects your period and everything else because there is a storm of emotions in your body, whether you realize it or not, all emotions have actually a chemical reaction in our body. Mm-hmm. Yes. They do not show up in isolation. They affect us. You know, because if you feel excited, let's say if you went on some exciting date or you've planned something really exciting, you will feel this rush of emotions, that warmth and the tingling in your body. Same goes for every emotion that we experience. There is a chemical reaction that will affect us in minimum levels. Mm. Is it, I'm going to take us on a little bit of a tangent, actually. Um about like those emotions because one of the things I do when I'm talking about executive presence with clients is one of the key skills that you need to learn it takes a lot of practice so if you're listening to this and thinking oh my goodness me that sounds hard it is but one of the key skills is to learn how to not take your emotions from one meeting to the next that is a really really important underrated executive presence skill when people say to you you need to work on your executive presence a lot of the time it's something to do with that it's the fact that you are not compartmentalizing your emotions but as you've just hinted at that's really easy to say but uh, you know we struggle to leave our emotions at home or leave our emotions at work and not cross pollinate how are you supposed to go from one meeting to the next <laughs> with like <laughs> a walk down the corridor or a virtual hang up and restart zoom like how are you supposed to to leave those emotions behind and allow yourself to show up as the best leader that you are have you any thoughts on that i did just take us down a tangent there <laughs> that's absolutely fine uh, and it is a very good question because like you said sometimes it's easier said than done it takes a bit of practice but it can be done so for me here, what's really important is self-awareness. Yes. To be really aware how you tick, where those emotions are come up. Really watch yourself. When do you feel triggered? Who triggers you? 
What is the emotion? Accept yourself for who you are and as you are. This is the only way we can build upon everything that I will say now. <laughs> and self-love, self-worth is all those things that we really need to practice. And it's amazing how many people don't love themselves, yeah. don't accept themselves. I even recently spoke to a friend and I gave this, and so I'm going to tell you this little exercise, which is amazing. And I said to her, do you love yourself? She's like, sure. Yeah. I mean, I look amazing. Uh, I clearly do love myself. And I was like, okay, do this little exercise for me and tell me how it goes. I was like, put a timer for five minutes, stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself, I love myself. Mm. And she's like, oh, no, I don't think I can do that. Well, it's, uh, it's fascinating you say that. Um, one of the exercises I've been given... <laughs> Because I had a lot of issues early on in in my business. Because as a business owner, we're often very triggered around self-worth and external mm-hmm. validation. Um, and it's been amazing to go on this journey because it actually makes me a better coach because I realized that if I worked on this while I was in corporate, I would have done better. And so it's great that I can then bring that to my clients. But one of the exercises I was given was stand in front of the mirror naked for a whole minute and just cast the gaze and it oh my mm. god as a woman it's excruciating yeah right society tells us that we're horrible that, that other people aren't seeing this but society tells us we're that what we perceive when we see ourselves is just it's the worst thing and i think that is a really great test to really have a look at our own self-love and our self-worth and you're right it builds that self-awareness piece it does, and that all underpins that confidence that yeah. you talk about. Because if you do not accept yourself as you are, you do not love yourself, you skip on self-care because that's the first thing usually goes, I don't have the time. Yes. Well, I would say you really have to make this your priority, a daily routine. And that might look like a five-minute meditation, uh, setting the intention for the day, doing the mirror exercise, wherever that is that works for you, because we are all very different and various tools and tips, techniques will work for the various people, but you definitely work on that self-worth, self-love and self-care, that are fundamental pieces, because that will create the self-awareness and you will know exactly who you are, how you tick, what triggers you, where mm-hmm. all those emotions, and then you may decide, well, actually, I need a bit of help here. I'm struggling with this. I cannot get over certain thing. And then they may look, you know, to hire you or myself or whoever else they feel like they need. Mm, absolutely. And I, I think a large part, just to like wrap it all up for the audience so they can connect the dots here, the self-awareness is is one piece of the puzzle. You need self-awareness to know that you've been triggered. So many of my clients, they say to me, well, this awful thing just happened at work and I don't know how we ended up there. Um, just, you know, I don't, you know, that was, that should have been avoided and it wasn't. And so Mm -hmm. we'll pick through what happened and go reverse engineer, like, well, how did it start that you ended down that route? And it's always six of one and a half dozen of the other. There's always another side, but some, the one person that we have control over, complete control over is ourselves, except we don't know that we do. And so if you can develop your self-awareness, I always talk to people about figuring out your early warning system, which is often often that physical symptom. Yes. Right. I get I get either a knot in my stomach or I get hot 
flushes like they're not mm-hmm. visible hot flushes but i will feel hot when i'm when somebody's pushing my buttons right if you can develop that early warning system so you build that self awareness you can then take mitigating action but the second piece of the puzzle which you alluded to is the self care piece and the self care isn't just about the awareness i'm sure you would you would say this too and i'm just going to jump in and you can then comment but it's also the self care is what allows you to bounce back quicker Yes. And that is absolutely fundamental. This is why self-care is non-negotiable. It feels like it's negotiable. It's not because you can't afford not to do this stuff. It is literally your mechanism for pulling yourself up again, for saying to yourself, you know, I can deal with this. I'm going to let this go. I'm not going to let this get under my skin. Some of the stuff is going to get under your skin, right? But being able to bounce back from that quickly is the skill that you absolutely have to develop. So there's the self-awareness and there's the bouncing back piece. Yes. And you will get triggered. We are humans after (laughs) all. Yeah. But it's very important what you just said is how quickly can we bounce back? Mm. Do we just sit in that emotion for weeks and months or do we bounce back within a few hours? Because that will make a huge difference. And that's where it is the mixture of self-awareness, self-love, self-care, and watching yourself, developing that self-awareness. And, you know, because if we are being triggered, it's all about us. There's got nothing to do with the other person. Because mm. how we see other people is based upon how we see ourselves. Yes. So when we are triggered... We usually say, oh, because it's them. They said this and they behave that way. Yes, they might not be fully in a right. However, there's something in you that triggered, meaning you've got work to do. (laughs) So I actually love triggers because they're pointing us in the right direction where we need to look in terms of further self-work, self-development. Yeah. Well, so on that topic, let's, let's move on a little bit. Why do you think some women, actually, I would say all women, but why do women struggle to gain traction in in their careers? I'm obviously specifically talking about leadership careers because that's what I'm focused on. Let's link all this up together. Why do we get struggle with that traction piece? And I think the answer is kind of with everything we've discussed already is all about our inner beliefs, the past that we've experienced, our self-image, the identity that we have. So we may get a promotion or two or three, and then we hit a ceiling. We don't quite understand why. And this is where where we struggle with the leadership roles because there is social expectations Mm -hmm. and how we were taught to believe we should behave and act. And there is another piece, which is that inner identity that we have about ourselves. And they are in conflict. And till we get them on board in one line, we will struggle because how we see ourselves internally always wins because that comes from our subconscious mind. It's how we are and we can fight it all we want. Sometimes we win, sometimes we don't, but most of the time we will lose that battle. It's those demons that we've got in, inside of us, that inner critic, that imposter syndrome that will show up when we are being pushed and triggered by leadership roles and trying to get a promotion and we are faced with the reality 
And that's again where the self-awareness comes in. There's this very, uh, there's a few moving pieces that we need to be able to put it all together and manage. And going back to the identity, sometimes we are just not true to ourselves. So we're trying to create something that is not in alignment with who we are deeply inside of us. Um, so when we struggle with leadership laws, I would definitely look inwards first before you start casting, um, oh, it's the, um, board or they don't hire women or they against women or this is really hard because this male dominated industry. Yes, that is a problem that as a society we do need to tackle. We also need to look internally to build that self-worth and self-confidence that is solid. Mm. I do I do just want to chip in here a little bit because I think it would be very easy for the conversation we're having to come across as blaming women for their own situation. Oh, right? absolutely and I know we're not, not right? We've spoken <laughs> enough before this recording to know that that's not the page we're on. But I just want to clarify that for the audience here. The, I, I think it's worth realizing that the one thing you have complete control over is yourself, right? And in addition, all the stuff that you're sharing with us, Evelina, um, especially around identity and who we are and our limiting beliefs, is informed by two key things that are a big problem. One is the community we're surrounded by, where if you know, I talk a lot about how our definition of in society of leaders is white and male right? Our models of leadership are white and male. male. All the textbooks are based on a white male model of leadership. And therefore, we are absorbing that as women. We don't even know that we are. And you talk about the identity crisis. I see this a lot in women who are trying to be themselves. There's some femininity in there, but they're being told that they either explicitly or unconsciously, they're being told you need to be more male, Mm-hmm. And it, it's finding that balance between the two things is extraordinarily exhausting. And so I, I really want you to hear as a listener to this, we know that this is not your fault and we really wish that this wasn't the case. But what we want to be doing is giving you some tools to move forwards, right? We're not blaming you here. I think that's just something I want to say explicitly because you and I've had this conversation before and I just yes. really want the audience to to know that that's the place we're coming from here. And I think it's a societal problem. Yes. It's not a women problem. It's not a man problem. It's a societal problem because... We are growing up and being then further in a working place, absorbing unconsciously a lot of it. And we do it, the men do it. So it's a societal problem. But then now as women, we have to deal with the aftermath of it. And it's one of the reasons why our careers are harder than men. And I don't think anybody who's ever studied anything around organizational psychology would argue with that. We do have a tougher time in the workplace than men. Absolutely. And it put us in a male-dominated environment, such as the tech industry, and that gets 10 times worse. There's a really good reason why 51% of women leave the tech industry by the midpoint in their careers, compared to only 17% of men. And yeah, so <laughs> our hearts go out to you. Um, but let's move on a little bit. I want to. Uh, there's a particular question I really want to ask you, mm-hmm. um, which is 
previous to us hitting record, we talked about this fear of embarrassment. Um, you were telling me about a specific situation, in fact. I, I want to talk about this fear of embarrassment we have as women. It comes up in many ways. Embarrassment's not the only word for it. But what it, what does this mean? How does it hold us up? How does it show up? And how does it impact our progress? It's a very good question. And the fear of embarrassment is how one of my clients described. But actually what it is, it's a fear of failure or success. Yes. That's how it's actually show up later in life. So um, something happened to her when she was a child which created that fear of being embarrassed. But what that meant later on in life for her, she feared showing up. Mm -hmm. She feared showing her brilliant mind to the world because she feared being embarrassed again the way she was as a child. So we may think, well, how is a childhood year something that happened many, many years ago affects us now? Well, we create beliefs about ourselves based upon what happened to us. And whether we remember this or not, our subconscious mind does. Mm. And neatly file this in the library of the mind, if I can say that. And then we try to create an amazing career, show up for ourselves. And that means being visible, being seen by co-workers by the bosses so they can see that we are brilliant at what we are doing and we can get the promotion but if we link that to being embarrassed unconsciously we will sabotage ourselves mm. we will you know, experience uh, imposter syndrome thinking oh i i need more certificates and i need more experience because that's a form of self-sabotage as well because I cannot fully show up because that means they may point, you haven't done this well enough, and then you will feel embarrassed. So when we're talking about this on a conscious level, as we are doing right now, makes no sense. <laughs> However, that triggers again back to the emotions, trigger the same emotion that she experienced as a five-year-old. And being an emotional human being this is how we are being driven. This is how we make decisions. So for now, as we work together and she understood this with her 30-year-old mind, she's like, oh, that makes no sense. But it was the clarity, the understanding that she got that helped her to move past this. So, you know, it's all about identifying mm. exactly what is that stopping us, where it came from, so we then can move past it and create strategies and better beliefs that will help us to create what we want. And, you know, let's say the um, fear of failure may be that we are fearing actually express ourselves properly. Yes. Sometimes we want to actually manage our failures because then we feel like we are in control. You know, procrastination may show up as anxiety or fear of judgment. Yeah. It's not a straightforward road yeah. here. I, it, it's so, so common as well. I, I recently was digging in uh, with a client into why she wasn't, she came to work with me because she wanted to um, get a promotion. 
And I was seeing some resistance in her doing mm. this. And it turned out that she's she was rejected from jobs early on in her career, like in her 20s. She's now in her 40s. She was rejected with the comment of, you're scarily intelligent. Mm. And so she was afraid for going for these promotions to be a CTO um, because that necessarily required her to show up with that level of intelligence. I mean, this one is <laughs> extraordinary, right? Um, and that was it. It was just this fear of like, the, you know, that comment really got under her skin. Yeah. And you talk about procrastination as a self-sabotage. One of the one of the times when I was like, holy heck, my imposterism is really holding me back is way, way back when I was doing my PhD. And my advisor said to me, you need to send me a copy of your paper. Like I was writing an academic paper, my first one really hard to do right <laughs> if you've ever written an academic paper your first one is painful it took me nine months to get it to him it should have taken me a month it took me nine months because I was so scared of the judgment and then worse than that like it then came back with a whole load of red pen and a, like you must rewrite this and that was like really hit my confidence I didn't write another paper for years um <laughs> but it's things like this like they have such a massive impact and I know that that brought in a level of perfectionism in me that stuck with me for a decade. The perfectionism is something I've only let go of as a business owner because I actually can't afford to be perfect, I feel like. (laughs) But I had it all the way through my professional career. And so it's always, we have these things that have happened to us and sometimes we have to unpack those and be okay with what happens so that we can now live the extraordinary potential that we have. Yes. And it, like you said, it doesn't always have to be what happened to us in the childhood. Quite often it can be something to us earlier, sorry, later in our working life. Mm-hmm. We've uh, experienced some difficult situation at work and something really stuck in our mind because it triggered us emotionally. Yeah. But it's digging in and identifying that. And because the understanding and the clarity is what we need. It's when we feel stuck and confused where we have a problem yeah it's 100 it's that self-awareness if you know that you've got this trigger and that's causing these symptoms now go back and figure out what that was and that self-awareness is gold in terms of just moving forwards absolutely okay so we are coming to the end here and i love at the end of every episode to give listeners a simple mindset tip to help them adjust how they act or think on the topic of discussion of the podcast so I would love for you to offer a highly actionable mindset shift that listeners can make to help them really thrive in their careers. So for me, what's really important is to pay attention to our words and where we keep our attention. So once we develop the self-awareness and everything else we've dealt with, now it's really important to pay attention how we talk to ourselves and to others. So if we want that promotion or we want something in our career, talk to yourself as if already we got this, as if already has happened. Mm. It makes then so much easier to take the right actions because we will remove the self-doubt out of the way, all the imposter syndrome. Talk to yourself as that if already has happened. Oh, I love it. Keep your attention on the good, the positive makes life so much easier. It does. It's spot on. How can people find out more about you, connect with you, um, work with you? Let's let's see how we can connect people up. So you can find me on LinkedIn 
uh, under my name, uh, Evelina Szczeblecka. And you can always check my website, which is Braving the Being. I think the name seems a lot. <laughs> all about how we are being. And if you want to find out more about me and how I work, I've got a free event coming up, which is called Conquer the Imposter Syndrome. And it's happening on the 8th of uh, September. And I believe it's 7 p.m. Uh, British summertime. But uh, I'm sure we will put the links. Yes, absolutely. And that's open internationally, right? So Yes, absolutely. 7 p.m. UK is, well, I should know this off the top of my head because I work with people all over the world all the time. But I know it's um, 11 a.m. Pacific time if you're in the west coast of the U.S. And if you, you can probably work from there where the others are. But all those links will be in the show notes. So go and get those in your favorite podcast player. Or go to tonycollis.com forward slash episode 63. And you'll get all those links and make sure you connect with Evelina. Have you any final thoughts you want to share with us today, Evelina? I think everything that I really said is, for me, the important part. So is cultivating that self-awareness. Because when we understand how we tick, it's so much easier to show up in our professional life and in our personal life. Because at the end of the day, we are the only person that we can control. The only thing that we control is our thoughts. So don't give your power away. Stand in your power and cultivate self-awareness. Oh, I love that. Um, absolutely, we should all be standing in our power. So thank you for finishing up with that. That was fabulous as has this entire conversation been thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom on the show today oh thank you my pleasure thank you for having me oh wasn't that good I feel like Evelina speaks my language she has a different approach from me I don't use hypnosis um she didn't talk about hypnosis but I know she uses it although I have even though I'm a scientist and my brain was like, hypnosis isn't a thing. I've actually I've actually been convinced it is. Just saying. <laughs> just took a long time for my brain to allow that to be a thing. Um, just just in case you're one of those people who's like, no, it's a bit too woo for me. It felt very woo for me. The, the, the physicist in me was like, well, how does hypnosis work? It does work. I should know this. My parents are psychologists, but my brain was just like very much like, no, not a thing. It's not, it's not you know, hardcore gravitational physics I don't know where that came from I've never worked in gravitational physics I did like one module on it <laughs> in university um and I did okay but I wasn't very good at that stuff um let me tell you that's why I moved to supercomputing it's way easier just saying the maths is easier aside from anything else even though I love maths anyway all that said and done I just had so much fun chatting with Evelina I hope you learned a lot about yourself you're recognizing some of the symptoms that are maybe showing up for you and you're thinking, okay, how can I map this? How can I understand how it's holding me up and what can I do differently? I hope that this has given you some insights on that. And as always, I would love to know how you're getting on. Let me know. Did this resonate with you? Let me know if you know your physical symptoms. You don't have to shout those loud and proud on Facebook or LinkedIn. Send me a DM. Totally down with that. <laughs> and of course, if you loved what Evelina was saying, make sure that you check out her free training over on Eventbrite. 
Um, there's a really long URL, so I am not going to say that out loud. It's got numbers in it. <laughs> But it's conquer the imposter syndrome. You might be able to Google for that on Eventbrite. Google on Eventbrite. I'm not sure that's the right phrase. You know what I mean. But um, I will make sure that the link is in the show notes. So head into your podcast player right now. Grab that link. Go register. And make sure you connect with Evelina on LinkedIn as well. Again, a link in the show notes. And just a final reminder If you want to take part in my September 30-day leadership challenge to up-level yourself, up-level your career, get yourself just blasting away as a leader, make sure you head on over to tonycollis.com forward slash challenge and sign up for the challenge. You'll be invited to the Slack community straight away as soon as you've done that. I cannot wait to invite you into the challenge and find out more about what you're doing and what's holding you up. Remember, it's free but you have to sign up in order to find all those mini trainings. Sound good? I can't wait to see you in there. Remember, amazing lady, until next time, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.